Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Saladcast. This week I'm joined by Dan and Mike. Hi Dan, how are you doing mate? I'm good, I'm good Ollie, how are you? Tired. <laughs> You've been up, up for, since quite early haven't you with, yeah. with work today? Yeah, half five, going to London and back in the Mars Paddington office and meeting some colleagues, but yeah, good day. Um, I tell everyone managed... where you had your meeting, I did like the name of the room. In the Skittles room. I like that, that's good. Yeah, and I managed to, a colleague of mine gave me about eight Snickers, which doesn't really help my diet that I'm on, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, eating uh, eating um, kind bars, um, looking at trying to take cost out of products, so yeah, all good fun, all good procurement stuff, which I know Mike would Mike would appreciate. Hi Mike, how you doing? All right, yeah, it's, it's less tasty in the NHS, a little bit more gory, yeah, I'd rather be with <laughs> chocolate bars, to be honest, but um, yeah, it sounds like a long day, mate, so well done for coming on the pod, to be honest yep. with you. I think I'd have sacked it off, but uh, you're a committed guy, aren't you? Yep, no, it's good to be back. Um, we'll keep, we always debate when we do these podcasts now, so we don't do them every single week. And we thought a couple of games have gone. Good time to do a podcast. We were debating when to do a podcast, given how many players we might or might not have signed. Um, but yeah, we haven't signed as many as we thought. Maybe I think that's just classic transfer window now, isn't it? We're waiting for the championship Premier League clubs to deal their squads and then we'll get to pick up the leftovers <laughs> um, before we sign a player. But hopefully we'll sign a few. We'll come on and talk about players we're going to sign. So um, in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of signings we've made since um, the last episode. And um, we'll kind of just run through the results. Um, and then we'll talk about some themes that we've spotted um, over the last few weeks. Dan has been to every game, all four games, haven't you, Dan? Um, so it's good to have Dan on board. Not quite, um, Ollie. I was not bored. Didn't didn't get to Burton. Oh yeah, last you, night. you didn't get to Burton last night, which is I fair enough. But me and Mike were both at Burton. I went to Stevenage, um, so we've got all we've got most of the games covered off. Quite a few. we went to quite a few, and I plan on going to a few more as well. And then my wife doesn't know shoes are paid on Saturday, so let's see how that one goes down. And I've already brought my ticket for Fleetwood when she's on holiday, so yeah, I've got the next few games covered. Um, so let's let's jump into it. Now Shrewsbury are chasing the winning goal. Stoke City are collapsing here. And it's Doherty. Low for Lawrence! Extraordinary! So since the last episode, we've signed two players. Uh, we signed Max Matter and Mal Benning. Um, first Max Matter. Um, exciting signing, Dan. You like what you heard about him? Yeah. Um yeah, sorry, there was, a, there was a pause then. It was it was a bit longer than I wanted it to be. But the pro- the problem with players who come with a reasonable CV is the longer they don't play, the better they get. And of course, we are all waiting for the home office to do their thing. And um, given that I, I, I married someone who's not a British citizen, I can tell you now, Ollie, the home office can take forever to do stuff. Um, and we don't really know when we're going to see him, right? So I'm a little bit... I wanted to see him. I want to get him involved because he's he's on the verge of becoming the next Lionel Messi in some people's minds, and that's that worries me a little bit. But pedigree wise, looks good. Um, New Zealand international. Um, th- those who know seem to think he's got a bit of ability. So looking forward to seeing him, um, you know, in the flesh, really. Yeah, I was really fortunate. I met um, a long-standing internet friend um, who I've been chatting to for about five years, um, who works in football recruitment at the Stevenage game. Um, and it's fascinating chatting to him because every player he knows something about them, um, and he was very confident and um, interest. He was very optimistic about Max Matter, um, and I asked him. He's quite a conservative guy in terms of sharing his views, but I said, "With many other clubs looking at him, he just kind of smiled and nodded his head." So yeah, I think we've done well um, to sign Max Matter. Yes, his data comes from Ireland, but still, some really good players have been signed from Ireland in recent years. Um, yeah, My question with that, though, Ollie, is always, and maybe it's just the old cynic in me, if so many other clubs are keen on him, have we got him? Because yeah, we no, clearly won't no offer more money than others, will we? Yeah, maybe it's maybe um, some clubs were waiting for him to finish his season, perhaps. Um, maybe they're waiting for him to finish the season. Um, I don't know. I think, you don't, I think we're probably the only ones that would be willing to wait for his clearance. We're the ones who <laughs> six months until we get to play him, I think. <laughs> so yeah maybe, maybe maybe we just outbidded them or maybe paid a bit more or we were just clean to get the deal done um he seemed quite impressed with the fact that the manager went to go and see him um and do some due diligence so it could be the old you know Alex Ferguson Alex Arsene Wenger going to meet players that type of thing maybe a little bit of extra hard work from the manager jumping on a plane going to see him has maybe kind of helped that come out um, it's a fair question Dan um but yeah we just what we need Mike we need another striker desperate don't we I think so. I like Dan saying he could be the next line of Messi. I think he's on the verge of being the next Omar Reza for me because we signed him and didn't play him for ages as well. So um, 
I remember uh, it was Paul Simpson, I think, wasn't it? He said, he's so good, we can't play him because as soon as we do, other people will want to buy him. So, um, yeah, I can see some similarities there. But, um, yeah, I mean, anybody who scored some goals anywhere and comes to Shrewsbury is always very exciting because we've got such a terrible track record of signing either goal scorers who then don't score for us or people who are supposed to be good goal scorers and then don't score for us. So if this guy gets, you know, half, half of, you know, 10 goals, 15 goals, he's going to be a, almost a club legend already. But um, I was just looking at him today, actually, you know, while waiting for him to, to play. 18 and 50 in the Irish League was his record. It's not, he's not, you know. I think there's a bit of context three, there, though, Mark. Yeah. I, think, I think the team he's playing in aren't, aren't particularly good. So, oh, it'll be yeah. it'll be good for us then. You'll suit us. <laughs> yeah, he scored eleven. He scored that. eleven in twenty three. So his his data is on a bit of an upward trajectory. Oh, but, okay, um, cool. But it's a fair comment. Um, and you don't know, you know, League One is different to to Irish football, and as obviously we know, there's a lot of variables that go into player performing. But yeah, mm. good to get a striker on board. Um, yeah. We've only well, we've only got two at the moment, really, with with um, Bowman and Udo. Um, so got yeah, Watts as well. Get... I mean, he came on at, at um, yeah really quite sprightly. Yeah. He, yeah, but fingers crossed. Obviously, he pushes on the off. Nothing better than a young player coming through. Um, and there is quite a few of them around the squad as well, which is which is encouraging to see. So hopefully, those guys can make the transition to the first team. Uh, and we signed one other player as well. Uh, we signed after Nurse um, injury was confirmed, he had an ACL, and it's Thursday the seventeenth. And we've we heard or saw, I think I swear I saw on Twitter that he's had his surgery now on his ACL. Um, so that's happened quite quickly. Obviously, Swelling's gone down. Fingers crossed, Joe Schultz can come back. Um, and then Shrewsbury Town signed and Benning from Port Vale, um, a left back who played for them in their League Two promotion side. Hmm. What's your opinion here? I'm, I didn't hear great things about Port Vale fans, from Port Vale fans, but Port Vale fans, I think, do have a tendency to be a little bit negative. But what I've seen so far, uh, what they said seems fair. Hmm. I'd, I'd agree with that. Oh, yeah, he seems game enough. He throws his body in there, and he's up and down, and he's full of energy. But you know, I've not seen that much quality out of him. I think I think he was at fault for the goal on uh, on Saturday as well. No, Tuesday night. Sorry, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's not filled me with a load of confidence. He, he makes us laugh more than more than anything when we, we've been watching the last couple of games. So you know, go on, Mal, get stuck in. He throws himself in there, but we'll see what he's like. But yeah, I don't. I don't he's think got, he's he got to be signed him. Really. Yeah, I don't think he's, we'd assign him to start though, or anything like that. I don't. I don't think he was one year deal anything. as well. Yeah. I think yeah. says a lot, Dan, that we sign him on a one year deal. Yeah, I think so. And I must admit, I, I share Mike's sentiments there. I haven't seen quite, quite a bit of him. He, he, he didn't have a great night at Leeds, if I'm being honest. Um, and that was a night where we did play. I thought pretty well. I think the idea will be that it will free up Shipley. Uh, to be a little bit more attack-minded. But I'd be quite surprised if it ended up being the default starting position. Um, it looks to me like Taylor likes to bring him on um, later in the game. Again, I'm not, not totally sure I get it. I don't, it doesn't bring an extra sort of defensive layer of solidity in my mind, but I think that that might be what we're, what we're looking at. And, um, you know, that, that that could be where we see him. Having said that, there aren't that many options out there on the left, are there? We're either no. going to see him there or we're going to see Shipley there. So we, we may we may get to see quite a bit of him. Yeah, there's another body in the squad, senior pro, one-year deal. Seems for me like a bit of a, um, a plug um, for this season. So we'll see how he gets on. Other than that, also, we had the injury that, um, injury news that Thorpe is injured. It's concerned as serious. I don't believe we've heard any time frame, but it sounds like he's, he's out for a while. Do we even know what's happened to him, though? I, I, no, I, I haven't seen much about it, but, or something, but yeah, I haven't seen much yeah. about it. But even his own Twitter up just just said, like, I, I'm out for for a, a significant period of time. There wasn't really anything to it. So it, it's strange that we've not had any information about that one. Um, so hopefully something will come out and we can be a bit clearer on it. Yeah, I, I can't quite work out why we wouldn't either, particularly if it was serious. You know, just a, a couple of sentences. I mean, do we know even what, what part of his anatomy it is? Nope. No, nope. we don't. We don't. No, okay, we don't. well, we'll just have to wish him the best then, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Like, just like um, Max Matter, um, I'm hoping that all of a sudden we'll just see him pop up and um, he'll be back. Maybe that's this. Every week I hope, and on Tuesday night I was feeling the same, that I'm going to see his name on the team sheet um, and, yeah, home office has sorted that shit, that shit out um, and it's a surprise because you're not going to say, yes, Lincoln, our striker that we're really, really happy to have signed and we signed for 120k will be playing on Saturday. Please do your preparation in advance. 
Um, so I'm hoping that he will um, yeah, just pop up. But it might be. I keep saying this until December. I'll have to might give up hope. So in the start of the season, um, we beat Cheltenham at home 1-0. Bowman scored and played away at Leeds in the League Cup. Perry scored. How much did you enjoy that, Dan? Enjoyed the evening a lot, actually. Um, I was very impressed that Leeds sold the best part of 35,000 tickets. Um, I mean, we it's know the traction that Shrewsbury brings, exactly. isn't it? It's all about your opponents and, 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 and the sheer scale of their task playing us in the Carabao Cup round one clearly meant that the, the good punters of Yorkshire flooded in. But in all seriousness, it was a, it was a really enjoyable evening. I mean, I, I, I took my twins, went up on the train, stayed overnight and um, to go to a big old venue and it is a big old venue. Last time I went there was 1988 and not masses has changed. It's 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 a proper football um, arena, and Town didn't have a great deal of the ball. Um, once Leeds equalised, it was pretty obvious which side were going to win. But certainly for forty five minutes, we acquitted ourselves marvelously. Really, the shape was good, Ollie. I could see exactly what we were trying to do, and when we did break forward, people like Perry were always a bit of a handful. So um, his goal was um, yeah, had a bit of luck to it. Took a deflection, flew into the top corner. I don't care. Uh, we all won that up and um, and the 1,200 town fans loved it. So it was a good night. I, I, when I saw the draw, I wasn't massively disappointed we'd lost. I didn't fancy Salford away in round two. But um, but as an evening and as a, an opportunity to get get the town players playing together in a competitive environment, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant, to be honest. Yeah, good, good, good for Perry to get that goal. Um, and yeah, his and confidence. He has got this ability to pounce forward, hasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. he's shown it two or three times now. And um, I like the fact that his, his first instinct is direct and to shoot. And, um, you know, if we see more of that, then we will begin to in- inevitably score more goals. Yeah, no, and he had a... Because he scored with his right foot against against Leeds and he had an absolute pearl of a shot, um, hit the crossbar against Stevenage. Um, unfortunately, that was one of the very few highlights of, um, of Saturday at Stevenage. Um, I, my final tweet, the game I often do, if you follow me on Twitter, where I said... I always do like a half-time, full-time summary. I said, really poor afternoon for Salop. Um, Steamish put in more effort, wanted it more and go away. Very happy. Salop were weak, slow and didn't look up for any kind of fight. Poor decisions and poor executions. Several players were shocking and I don't say that lightly. It was a really, really poor performance. But we were chatting about the game afterwards, Dan, and you don't believe it was effort. That was one of the your, your statements you said to me. Yeah, I mean... Let's. I mean, Ollie, Ollie and I were sitting very close to each other, so we were chatting through the game. And um, let's be clear, it was 90 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. It was an awful game of football. They played 3-5-2 and tried to bash it down the channels. We played 3-5-2 and for an hour tried to bash it down the channels. And then for half an hour, God knows what we were doing. Um, I, I, I thought it was one of those one of those horrible games you just write off and forget about. Um, and let's be clear, Stevenage, they, they played 3 one 3 they clearly got more about them than I think many people thought they might do. They've recruited well. But, um, you know, th- th- they ain't no Ajax of 1978 either. No. They're a very direct team with a load of big lads who, who did very well. So as a football spectacle, it was rubbish. Um, but I think what happened is we got really disorientated in the second half. Taylor made some changes, and I understand why he, well, we went to about four at one stage. And every time we made the changes, I thought, well, I see why he's doing it. But it just made the situation worse each time. And for me... It was almost like players just like they needed to take a need to step back. Okay, this, this is just not working. Let's go back to basics. Let's start again. And my first thought was this is a learning curve and could be really useful. I'm hating watching it. You know, I, I, there's a million other things I'd be rather be doing than watching this rubbish. But in the, in the great scheme of things, it might well be an opportunity to, to, to reset and think, okay, when things go wrong, you do this. You don't do what you did at Stevenage. I think the effort thing, I think they were, I, I, I find it hard to believe that professional footballers don't try. Um, I, I just think that they just got completely lost and disorientated with what they were doing. And by the end, it was one of those odd games, I don't know about you. How many how many minutes were there at the end? Was it eight? Nine? Eight or nine in the second half, 11 in the first, but there was a referee got changed. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, there was reasons for it. But it was one of those games where I just thought, I don't bloody bother. We ain't scoring. Yeah. You know, just, no. just go home now. The body language of the players at the, at the end was particularly poor. I thought about what you said, and I, I, I can see why you said it was an effort. I think maybe I was I was pissed off, um, and I was trying to understand why we played so poor. And I think, yeah, the game plan didn't work. Steamage started better than us, and it just felt like we were an uphill um, uphill struggle. It was just a bad day in the office. Too many players were just off it just a little bit. Um, and as we know, professional football is is played at a high level. 
And yeah, we just went up for that one. So that was that. We lost 2-0. If um, I could say, I think you're dead right there, though, Wally. And I totally get why, as a fan, it just looks it just looks bizarre. We've played 120 minutes. Well, no, we played 180 minutes and we've done really well in the previous two games. And suddenly we just don't, we're just off it. And the only way I can relate to it is, is just when I play. And there are sometimes some games I just think, what the hell happened? How did... How did that happen, even at my low level? And I think it was—I think it was one of those. One thing I would say is, I think Taylor has learned, and I don't know why he didn't notice before. But Ryan Bowman's not Peter With, you know, for, for, for those of an older generation. But he's not six foot six. He's, don't bang the ball up to him because he's gonna—he's just gonna look useless. And yeah. I hope that because that's what we did at Stevenage. I hope that we just don't do that again. And you know no. what? We didn't do it against Burton. So maybe no. that those are the steps of progress that you, you make once you've had a bit of a disaster like we did. Um, like we did in 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 Hertfordshire, and it's interesting the Burton game because some, one one of the guys saw messaged me and said what was different, um, and my first thought was they weren't Stevenage, they weren't playing long balls, um, they weren't all six foot six, um, and I think the way that Burton play, I think helps our style of play, um, and also we started the game really well. What was your thoughts on on Tuesday night, Mike? Yeah, I, th- I think you might have hit quite a significant nail on the head there to say, you know, it was probably more about the quality of the opposition than, than our own performances, how I would term it. I- I've only seen the two home games, so Cheltenham, who I think will finish bottom, and Burton, who I think will probably finish second bottom. So we've got sort of six points from the two home games, but, you know, what the context of that in, in around the teams that we played is, is probably more of a question. So we acquitted ourselves well. I thought Burton and Cheltenham both played into our hands. They kept it on the deck. They tried to out-football us. Um, they clearly aren't capable of that. We've got a very, very solid defensive unit, you know, specifically around the three centre-halves that we play, kind of whichever mix of those you put in, they're a good they're a good unit. So we can soak up pressure from poor teams and we can try and hit them on the break and nick a goal here or there. So, yeah, I think I think I, I tried to watch the Stevenage game on the iFollow and the iFollow didn't have a feed. It had the commentary from the Stevenage commentators, but for the whole match, he said, bear with us a minute, we're going to fix the feed and you'll have the video and it didn't turn up for 90 minutes. So I the hear, commentators yeah. were, a, were a joy to listen to. Is that right, uh, Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you weren't a Super Town fan, you wouldn't have known they were playing shoes because all they talked about was Stevenage. And yeah, they were just so, they were so home biased. That, yeah. I don't think they'd have even bothered to learn any of the names of the town players, to be honest. So I missed out on that spectacle. So I can't really comment on that in comparison, but from the sounds of it, as soon as we came up against the team who, who brought the game to us and were more direct, we kind of wilted a bit. So it'll be interesting to see what, how Lincoln play. Um, to try and put some, some something around it. I don't know if any of you heard any Lincoln's sort of style this year or any of the results they had and, and what we what can expect on Saturday. Well, I think Link, Lincoln have, have, have won one and lost one, haven't they? I mean, the point about Stevenage style is, is, is well made, but they really were. They were like Wimbledon in the late 1980s. They were firing everything right up there. They built on set pieces. And I don't think we're going to play too many teams that are that direct, actually, no. that, are, that are that old school. Um, and I, 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 I thought it was interesting, at Cheltenham, I, I, I buy what you said. I didn't think they looked very good at all. I think Burton, the story goes with Burton, they've lost all four games, right? But apparently they, they played really well against Derby on Saturday and lost at home. Was it 2-0, Ollie? 3-0? 2-1. Yeah, they, they, they played really well against Derby, yeah. They were lucky. Yeah. So I, I think they're in that sort of odd situation. And I don't think they played that badly against us. But, they, no. they, you know, when you're 1-0 down after three minutes, the game does change almost immediately. And they did have a few chances. I mean, Morosi Yeah, we, had, had, some, we had some brilliant... Brilliant stops from Morosi, some really great latch stitch tackles, stopped us from conceding. Um, but interesting, interesting question for you guys to answer. Have we had a good start to the season? I think that's a, uh, a tough one. What do you make of it, Mike? I mean, following my um, sort of cheery outlook in the preview pod, it, it kind of feels like we've got six points, but I don't feel like we're playing well. I don't. I don't feel like we've started well, and I feel like yeah, the fixture challenge has been kind to us to, to to have some beatable teams come up against us. But I, you know, I have concerns about the first time we play a proper footballing team that we're going to get seen off relatively easily. Um, it feels slightly disjointed. Some of the players just bedding in, but that's early season anyway, isn't it? That you expect that. You don't expect us to to go off like a rocket. But I haven't seen enough there for me to change my opinion that we're not in for a rocky ride this season. But with that said, you can't argue with six points out of nine. Like fair play, carry that on. And I'll, um, yeah, again, I'll eat a big slice of humble pie. But have we had a good start? Points-wise, yes. Performance-wise, no, I would say. I mean, I was looking back at last year's sort of start, Ollie. And, of course, we played Morecambe in the first game and Drew, well, they went down. 
we lost to Owen Thrackett and Stanley in the second game. They went down. And then we won at Wickham, who didn't go up, but were one of the better teams. So we had a bit of a topsy-turvy start to last season as well. And, of course, the end product of those three games was four points. I'm clear we've got two more points than that. Well, that's good. Um, and I, I, the fixture calendar, I think, has been, the fixture computer has been a little bit friendly to us and given us two home games that were winnable. But, my goodness me, how many times have I thought about town get home games being winnable and we've not won them? Um, so so on that on that one, I think if you'd said to me, you know, do you want two wins and a defeat at your first three? I'd have probably been in snap your hand off territory, to be honest, to take it. The performances, I, yeah, I, I buy that. I think the performances, there are many things that we could improve on. Um, but in general, I, I see a bit of a pattern. Um, I, I see what we're trying to do. There are certain players, I think, that we need to bed in and I'm not sure about. But, you know, with the merry-go-round that is the transfer window in the summer, entirely as expected. So I think Lincoln will be an interesting indicator of where we are. From what I can tell, that you know, Lincoln are... They regularly get what nine ten nine ten thousand people into their home games at Central Bank. They they they're, they're probably going to be able to pay a bit more than we are, and geographically they're in a similar sort of place to us. Well, obviously they're not in short, but you know what I mean. They're, they're miles away from everywhere, so so I think it might be um they might be actually an interesting comparator um to us this season. And um I think if if we can win on Saturday, then even if it is a grubby one nil, then three wins out of four. Well, that that that's you know we're, we're going to be already um, you know forty one points behind you know the fifty that we need to stay up, and that, that's got to be good, right? And I would I would sort of say going back to my points in the in the preview pod, I was very much an advocate of it's a results business, and I don't want to watch attacking football on lose three nil. So you know I'm I don't want to I'm not being too hypocritical saying oh well it's a good good results good results but not performances because actually yeah like you say if you keep picking the points up. Performances don't really matter in the grand scheme of things, as long as, long as the team's getting the job done. So um, maybe I'm being a bit negative, but yeah, um, I, I can't I can't argue with the output, is what I would say. Yeah, I don't think that's inconsistent. Mike. I think it, it's a fair point. You know, there's no point winning every game and then thinking, right, if we don't win the league, then we've done something wrong. You know, you have got to be realistic. We we won on Tuesday, and we didn't have to win, but but the, the good thing for me is we, we we got over the line. And I think that's the important thing, isn't it? I think I think if, um, if, if I'm sure if you ask Taylor, he'd be very pleased. I think if you're a manager. Would you rather would you would you rather play really well and lose, or or play not so well, have load opportunities to improve your performances and still pick up points and score goals? So I think the fact that a number of players have scored goals, I think, is really key as well. I think it's good that our midfielders are scoring as well. Um, so I think that's Perry and, and Bayliss have scored. Um, we scored from set piece as well. I thought our set pieces in the first few games were really poor. So I thought that was a big bonus as well, that Dunkley scored an absolute monster of a header. It was a brilliant cross-corner from Shipley. So, yeah, for me, I think that um, Lincoln, Lincoln are going to be a big test. They're a little bit further ahead than us in their journey. They've had their manager for a bit while, for a bit longer than we have, obviously. So I think, yeah, I think it should be an interesting test, Mike. Yeah, I think so. I think I just want to pick up the point there about you made about Dunkley. I think him returning to the side made us look a much better team. Um uh, yeah, I really rate him. I think he's brilliant. And that header at the weekend was quality. The corner was quality. It was it. Shipley put it in. We've got, you know, again, I've sort of moaned about losing Leahy and his set pieces in, in the previous pods, but Bayliss and Shipley's set pieces, when they get them right, are, are excellent. They, they have got good delivery, maybe slightly less consistent than, than Leahy. So it's good to see that we're still a threat from set pieces. Um, and yeah, I love having big dunks back. What a player, what a man. Yeah, chuffed a bit. And, and, good teams, and good teams score goals and set pieces. It's it's a you know it's a fully legitimate um, way of scoring goals. Um, I think in Premier League last year, Liverpool scored the most set piece goals. And when I remember, remember famously when Germany won the last two in the World Cup, they scored a load of goals from set pieces as well. So yeah, set pieces can be key, and it's good that we've got one early down. Yeah, I mean, and the quality of delivery has been excellent. I mean, one of my, you know, we've all got these personal football bugbears, right? That every time it happens, we just like, you know, you, you lose your lose your marbles over it. And mine is, you know, not getting that ball over the first man from a, from a corner. And I was thinking, you know, I, I get annoyed if that doesn't happen in my football, let alone at League One. We haven't had that problem all season, really. You know, the, the balls in from Shipley and Bayliss are going to be good quality balls. And I thought it was interesting, Mike's point there about Dunkley really making a difference, and he did. But I, I think the back three... I've done really well so far. They look like they can play in, in that back three. Tom Flanagan, I don't think he really put a foot wrong, to be honest. But at the same time, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't really knock the fact that Dunkley came back in. I certainly think Flanagan looks like a more, um, look, I wouldn't say looks like a better player. He looks more at home than, than he did last season. I think last season he was great. And yet, Dunkley coming in improved that back three. Uh, and it's, it's a good position to be in, isn't it? You know, we've got four defenders, I think, who, who have got a good claim to play. And we can only pick three. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really impressed with Dunkley. Um, I would say is possibly man of the match, Mike, on Tuesday night. Um, in terms of his performance, yeah, definitely, he won everything, absolutely everything. He really commanded um, the back line. Um, I thought we looked more assured of him at the back. Um, and would you guys say um, that the the three that played on Tuesday night? So we had um, Anderson at left centre back. We had Dunkley in the middle and Feeney right. And would you say that's the best three at the moment? I'd say um, I would say that's what that's what I would play. But I think that we'll probably see Dunkley and, and uh, Feeney play most games. And I think Flanagan and, and um, Anderson will rotate based on who we're playing. I think Flanagan will be better for a team that comes direct, that plays over the top into the channels. And I think Anderson will be better when we're trying to play a bit more football because. I noticed when Burton did go direct at the weekend, they were targeting Anderson and, and, and Shipley because for, I, 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 they must have done the work in it. But they, that switchboard kept hitting Anderson and Shipley and they, they were being sort of doubled up on by much taller players. And, and it was probably one of the only routes that, that Burton had for any sort of um, forward play. I think if you put Flanagan in there instead, he's much more commanding in the air. He's going to get that ball clear. So I think I think you'll find that they'll rotate sort of horses for courses. But I think Feeney and, and Dunkley will be the sort of the bedrock that's built around. But... It's easily the strongest part of our squad, I think, the centre-halves options. We've got four League One quality centre-halves um, fighting out for three spots, like Dan said. So I think that's great recruitment there. You know, if we can if we can repeat that towards the end of the window with the midfield and, and the attack, we won't be far off, I suppose. I mean, ideally, I'd like to know where Tom Flanagan would want to play because my instinct says he probably wants to play in the middle, but he played most of last year on the left of the three. And I, I thought, you know, it, I don't think he had the best of seasons, but he didn't look out of place. Um, and yet, I think he's right-footed. So, so there's a case to say he should play on the right of the three, which, I mean, that, that smacks of versatility, right? And sooner or later, someone's going to get sent off or get injured. Or something. You know, we, we will have a situation where we've only got three of them available. And that, that's when we'll really notice that, that, that fourth player. And at the moment, I bet one of them's going to be a bit cheesed off to be not playing, but it won't last long. Before long, uh, um, there'll be three to choose from and they'll all be in. Yeah, the players will pick up a lot of yellow cards um, if this season goes on as well. So there'll definitely be some rotation. Um, we've obviously had quite a lot of games to start the season as well. Um, this will be obviously another game, um, fifth game um, on on um, on Saturday against Lincoln in a very short space of time. So I wouldn't be surprised there's a bit of rotation. So, yeah, I think we all kind of agreed there that they're probably the best three. Um, something you said um, when we were going through the games, Dan, um, you said that Burton potentially was going to be a, a good test. Or I mean, what you said, Nev, you said that Burton was going to be an op- maybe a bit of an opportunity um, to learn. Um, and yeah, I think that's sort of, I was something actually I wanted to bring up. Um, like, was the Burton key Burton win was key for me, um, and I think it was a really early test of of Taylor and, and the players. Um, and I thought they came through the test very very well. Um, I thought it was a really really good response to a really poor performance on Saturday. I have to say as well though, if I was a Burton fan, two and a half minutes in, I wouldn't be massively enamoured by their two defenders dancing around the ball that was going across the box and went straight to Bayliss. That's the type of stuff that gets you relegated. Not in not in the end of August, it doesn't. But, you know, th- th- that ball should never have got to Bayliss. And, of course, once he put it in, the world looks a totally different place, doesn't it? It was a good start for Shrewsbury Town. It was what we, they kind of needed. I thought we played, I thought we started well. And I thought there was a, there was a much better, the players looked on it um, and the players looked focused. Um, and I think it was um, it must have been quite tough, and it was probably the first. Obviously, you know he's very early in Taylor's tenure as the as the manager, head coach. Um, but I thought it was a really good te- big test. Um, I don't you know, think he was under pressure or anything, but I think it was a good test, and I think it was good for him. And for me, not necessarily the fans. Some people were saying, "Oh, this is really important for the fans that have seen the man." No, for me, it was really important that the the head coach has obviously had a few days of training, one day of training probably actually. And basically got the players to believe the players have gone out there, executed his game plan. They've won the game, and hopefully that will build their confidence and trust between each other. Um, and hopefully that will start that start building some kind of foundation for us. Mm. And it's it's the it's the, you know the snowball rolling down the hill. You get a few wins, you win more than you lose, and the confidence builds, and and that can make players play above themselves. You know the extra extra few percent they need to to put in much better performances. So. You know, while you're picking up points, the, like you say, it was a test. The big test for me, really, is there were some flaws and there were some faults in the game plan. There were some faults in certain players. Can Taylor spot those and improve them game on game is the question. I think, you know, we did cough up chances to Burton. You know, at times, the ball went straight through through our lines and, we, we you know, we were nowhere near it. You know, I think I can count three 
instances where Burton basically had the ball on the goal line and just couldn't get it over. You know, the one where Morosi got a boot in the face. There was a couple of others where we sort of cleared it off. So it wasn't it wasn't sort of a stress-free or a fault-free, you know, routine 2-1. We, we gave them chances to get in the match. And if we don't score after three minutes, and maybe if we go 15, 20 minutes without scoring, you know, do we start snatching chances? Do we start, you know, going in ourselves? So we, I think that the early goal really helped settle us down. But um, I'm interested to see how Taylor keeps tweaking and keeps improving and learning sort of on the job, if you will. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what team he picks on Saturday, what he does with the defence and stuff and, yeah. and how he keeps moving forward. And it's interesting how individual players within his system develop. I mean, at Stevenage, Noah Kenner didn't have his finest hour. I mean, he was by far from alone, but but it did look like he didn't really know what he was doing in terms of the system. Now, it was sort of obvious what he was supposed to be doing, but it just wasn't happening for him. And I thought that he was definitely better on Tuesday. His distribution is going to be an issue. And the question is, can Taylor find a way of um, helping him keep the ball more? And he doesn't have to pass it forward necessarily. He just has to, to make that comfort pass uh, and get us out of sticky spots. And that's a key part of his role. And I thought he won the ball back a number of times really impressively on Tuesday night. But when we win the ball back, we need to then go on and do something. And I'll define the something as keep it um, w- with the ball. And and I think there was there were, there were a few, you know, a few incidences where, where where that looked like it was it was possible. And so, you know, the development of players like Kenner will be indicative of, of how Taylor is able to to influence the players um, that, that he has. So he's one to keep an eye on, I think, because he's quite he's quite important in that role. It's such a big role in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I've heard a lot of few, quite a few comments about his ability on the ball. Um, yeah, I didn't see a lot. He won some great tackles against Stevenage, which I thought was encouraging. But yeah, when he had the ball, um, he wasn't so good. But I have to say, I was impressed with his some of his passing at times. Um, he's a young lad. You know, he hasn't played many games. Um, there's a reason why Leeds wanted it and kept him. There's a reason why Burbium wanted him. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to give take him a bit of time to probably build his confidence. Um, and improve and there was some some really good passes he made that one pass he did about I don't know I think it was like like I don't know maybe 30 meters something like that through the lines to a doe um, and I thought that was really encouraging to see him make that kind of pass so yeah you know we're not going to sign finish articles are we uh, as young players um, so yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how we coach him and hopefully he'll build his confidence um, and hopefully he'll get better. For, uh, yeah for me on Kenner he's he doesn't quite cover as much ground as I thought he would he very much sits in that central part of the pitch. He's not running into fullback areas. He's not screaming into the channels. He is sitting as that anchor. And because of that, he makes a lot of tackles and he breaks the play up a lot. But it's very noticeable when he doesn't make his tackle or he misses it or he's not quite in the right position, teams sort of just flow through us a little bit because he's playing as a, as a sole anchor. He's not part of there as a two of a pivot. So at times he can see a little bit isolated. And I just, you know, maybe he'll get a bit positionally savvier and he'll be able to take up the position and, and sort of screen off the, the, the pass and screen off the run. But at the moment, you know, for every one he, make, he makes, he misses another one and it does open us up a little bit. So just just one to look on. And then his use of the ball, yeah, for every pass he makes, he misses the other one. Again, he's, he's quite inconsistent. Um, I know what you say, Ollie. there's a reason Leeds kept Oliver and there's also a reason, reason Leeds never played him, I suppose, as well. So he's, uh, he's, he's yet to prove me one way or the other. So we'll keep, keep an eye on Kenner, I think. Yeah, um... Interesting, interesting discussion about hopefully he'll improve. Um, and I think it's quite interesting. There's been a bit of a subtle change in midfield, isn't there? How we set up. Um, we're playing with a with a six or a deep line midfielder, defensive midfielder, and then playing kind of like two eights. So Bayliss isn't playing as a ten. Um, he's playing kind of an eight. And Perry um, and Bayliss are both kind of playing next to each other with with, with Keener behind him. Um, anything else you've noticed, Dan, in terms of our style of play that's worth mentioning? Well, I was just going to pick up on that point, Ollie. We've got to be remember we're not playing with two holding players, which is one. something that we did under Cottrell a lot, didn't yes. we? Had two, we had three central defenders, or you could say five defenders, two sitters, um, and then Bayliss and, and two strikers. But you no, know, we're playing quite differently now. Yeah, and and that means that Kenner's role is even more important. And and I'm I'm like you, Mike. I I, I remain hopeful. I, I I you know he's not. He's not going to be a Benny Godfrey type signing uh, in there, but he, he's got something. And I totally get why being thrown into League One football will take a little bit of time. So, and to be honest, 
the plan B on this one would be what exactly? I suppose you could mix everything up and put Winchester in there, but he's a slightly different player again. I, yeah. I like the fact that we twisted a little bit and we want to play two midfielders that are rather more forward looking. That That's probably, in my mind, a better way to score goals. And that, that's really the challenge we've got to rise to because, um, you know, if, if we don't score enough goals and then... then Eventually, um, the fact that Ken is not the finished article will 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 prove a problem. So I'm quite prepared to, to, to stick with this system, and I, and I think um, ultimately, uh, ultimately the players that that Taylor has recruited look to me like they can play in that system as well. It'll just take time for that to be perfected. I would say a, a chap you've mentioned there, I think, probably leads us on to another topic we're going to come. We were going to have a discussion about is. Uh, your man Carl Winchester there and the fact that we are playing him and Shipley at wing-back, um, arguably out of position. And and the, I suppose the question is, do we think that gets the best out of two of the sort of better ball players in our in our squad? I'm I'm not convinced. I really like Winchester and I think he should be in the middle of the park. Um, but I think Ollie's got some opinions on this. Yeah, I'm not sure it's, it's for me that at the moment. I agree with one of them, but I strongly disagree with the other. Um, so I agree that Winchester uh, Winchester is a really good footballer for this level. Yes, he played right back for Sunderland, but Sunderland were um, one of the best teams in division with a champ- championship plus budget um, in this division. And they had a lot of possession, so you know he was playing. You know he was basically like another midfielder, wasn't he? Effectively for Sunderland, so he wasn't like a wing back defensively for us. So I think Winchester in midfield, he's such a good player, so smart. Um, I'd like to see him play in the middle. Um, Shipley, I think Shipley is a old school classic winger for me I don't think he can really play inside um, I don't think he's a number 10 um, I think he's better on the flank so for me he's a, a winger been converted into into a wing back and I think he's better in that kind of space running up and down the flank um, so yeah I, I so if Winchester's I, I, in the middle who'd you take out Ollie? Well, maybe you have to switch it up a little bit. Maybe you drop Perry or you drop Kino and you play Perry and Winchester, maybe two of them together with Bayliss as well. Um, the trouble is that, and it's a really good question, because Bayliss, I think, is one of our best players. And Perry, is, for me, has impressed me a lot. So would you, what would you do in midfield, Dan? Well, I, th- I think you'd have to take Kenner out. That's what you'd do. Because I think taking Perry out wouldn't make a great deal of sense. He definitely has got a bit of uh, forward momentum in his game and we need that. I think Bayliss, I think Bayliss had a great start to the season, if I'm being brutally honest. But I, I, I think, I see why he's there. I see what he can do. He keeps the ball quite well, actually. And I think Chris made the, the point on a pod last year that he, he, he's surprisingly good over the ground. And if we're going to keep the ball when we've cleared it, someone like Bayliss is going to have to put the foot on it. It's no good just hacking it away and then letting the opposition have it. So I, I think Kenner would be a man. I mean, the, the other option is to is to think a little bit about about that sort of Carl Walker-esque right wing-back role, where Carl Walker spends very little time out on the wing, even though apparently he's a wing-back. He, t- he does come in much narrower, and, and maybe that sort of role is what Taylor is ultimately after for Winchester. So he's sort of playing in midfield, really, even though uh, it looks on the team sheet like he's playing right wing-back. And we've had, we've had periods where I've seen him try to do that, but the goal, um, you know, the goal on Tuesday... Uh, the second goal came from a corner, but it was won by Winchester being right up the pitch uh, and, and helping create, um, you know, a chance for Perry. So when he does play as a wing back, he's got something to offer there. So that was a long winded answer. I would, I'd be happy enough with Winchester on the right, but I think a narrower role a bit further up the pitch is is, is ideally where where that would be. Yeah, for me, for me, there's, I think there's two or well, three observations so far. One where I think we haven't diverted too far away from Steve Cottrell's style of football with very much channel balls. Um, we are trying to play the ball out the back. Some people are saying that some of our defenders have been sloppy and giving the ball away. Well, their instruction is to play ball out the back. So they're going to do that all season. Um, their passing percentage is probably not going to be great because we're going to try and play the ball out the back and the league one footballers, so they don't want to be super accurate. Um, so for me, we're doing the channel balls. That is the outlook. We don't play through the middle. And I think I do it. That's whether that's a short-term stop to get these guys warmed up. Um, to is League is One it football. based on who we're playing? Well, it so, might be. We don't know. We've only got a very small sample, haven't we? So it's hard yeah. to make any definitive decisions. And then the other thing I've noticed, um, and I could be completely wrong, but it looks like to me this is happening. There's a, a thing that like Pep Guardiola loves, which is like these like channels on the pitch. So you divide the pitch into channels. And if you notice, if you watch when we shoot we try and get the ball, you're like maybe one of the centre-backs, wise Feeney will go really wide. And you'll notice that Winchester will be inside. He won't be wide. He'll be inside to create an angle. And then the number eight will be in another channel. And we've got a thing, Ollie. 
yeah, it's that thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the Pep Guarda thing, isn't it? About having channel balls. And you have like, yeah, your fullback come inside to be midfield and we're creating angles. And there was something we definitely didn't do under Steve Cottrell. We're a lot more rigid under Steve Cottrell. But it's really interesting. If you're watching next time you're watching Shrewsbury Town, look who's got the ball, look where the opposite, where our players are. And we're definitely trying to to make those angles to help us play play the ball out. So for me, it's quite interesting that we're starting to develop that style of play. Um, it's something that we're probably going to warm, warm up to slowly. And I think I do think Stevenage. We need we need to remember they were three five two. We knew they were going to be three five two. And I think the channel ball sort of fitted that ethos. It was you know it didn't work. It was a load of rubbish. But 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 that was the, the method. But I think we tried to go toe for toe, didn't we? And it didn't work. Yeah. But th- but I think on Tuesday, now I, I don't know this. You might have stats that, that could illustrate it. But Shipley seemed to me to get the ball a lot more to his feet on the halfway line. Um, and the, certainly in the first half, I felt there was more opportunities for him to actually look and try and play a modicum of football, particularly with Bayliss as he looked up and passed the ball 15 yards ahead of him. Um, and that, that I'm not sure that was um, an accident. I think the idea was we want to try and play a little bit more football, perhaps just down the left-hand side. But if our midfield is going to have any impact, we've got to give him the ball. And so the play in the long thing to Ryan Bowman, who's just, he hasn't got a bad jump on him, Bowman, but I, I don't see how that ultimately is going to help us keep the ball. He's I think not it's a really hard ask. He's not a target man. Yeah. And we're not no. a team full of people who will benefit from playing that way. So maybe there's been a, quite a lot of horses for courses so far. Any observations you'd like to point out, Mike, you've seen so far this season? Well, I mean, follow that. It's a very scientific analysis of our tactics. I mean, give me 4-4-2, you know, give me a little man, a big man up top. 4-4, four, four, bloody two. Yeah, two running it. wingers, yeah. Um, yeah, I, like I say, it's it's difficult to see. One of the one of the sort of things I've noticed really, it's not really about tactic, it's more around during the summer we were talking about recruitment and we've got a lot more players and all these project players we bought and you know, last year the, the, the squad was sort of, you know, a foot wide and a mile deep. There weren't many of them, but they were quality. I'm almost starting to feel a little bit like the squad's a mile wide and a foot deep this season. We've got lots more bodies, but I was looking on the bench at the weekend and they want still not a huge amount to bring on or, or affect the game. You know, some of the people that we bought that were getting sort of build up as being potential, you know, first teamers, you know, Subwale, Sraha, you know, where are they in the, in, in the squad? They're not making the bench. They're not, they're not featuring, you know, we've got, we've got centre mids playing fullback. We've got a fullback there in or, or a couple of defenders that aren't getting near it. You know, Bennett's coming on and playing centre mid for five minutes and playing fullback for ten minutes. It's I'm, I'm still not sure that that I'm convinced that the, the squad's that much better despite all the the turnover of players or we've got that many more options. I don't know I did, what I, you I, guys I think of that. Was, was he injured on Tuesday because he wasn't on the bench? Was he? Do we know anything about that? I'm not sure. No. I haven't seen anything to be honest. Because he came on for twenty minutes at Ellen Road and looked bright. He looked positive. He certainly fit. He was getting up and down and. I thought that there was that there was something there, to be honest. So when I saw he wasn't on, I don't was he on the bench at Stevenage? I don't, I can't remember, but but certainly he wasn't on Tuesday night. I did notice that. So that might explain that one. And I'd be interested to know more about him at right wing back, actually, because as you say, we don't appear to have, uh, you know, have a first choice right back yet. So I suspect we'll see a bit more of him. But well, I, he, know more about I thought he was, I thought he was more of a centre back from what I'd read. And I thought Shavawali was more of the wing back, wing back, a winger. Uh, sorry, fullback was going to play. So I think, I think, yeah, I, it's, I think, I think it's been unfortunate that we've lost Thorpe and Nurse because I think those two would possibly be starting or at least yeah. around the first team. Um, Nurse probably definitely would have been a first, a first, first choice starter, um, and maybe Thorpe as well. Um, so who knows? So yeah, I think the club has been a bit unlucky with those injuries. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe some of these um, project players um, we kind of weren't ready to be playing yet. But the window's still subs, open. At least you know we are making subs, and we are yeah, making we are subs making subs trying to affect the game. And, and I, I I think that's that's reasonably positive. I mean, I have to say, I, Watts came on and was quite breezy at Leeds. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm going to start with him. But um, but I, I like the fact that two 17 year olds played in the game, and you know I, that wouldn't have happened under Steve Cottrell. You wouldn't have picked him. No, he wouldn't have done. Um, but you think the same thing is at the same time, you don't know if they're going to be ready for League One football. But I guess the only way you're going to find out is if I put them in there, yep. give them a chance. Um, which well, is you give them a few chances, don't you? You give them six, seven outings over the course of two months. And, and then you'll have a feel for whether they need to go to, to the National League for a year or whether, hold on, these really are good players and we can use them use them now. And sometimes you've got to chuck people in and see if they swim, right? Yeah. Um, and talking of um, swimming or sinking, um, Dan, like who's impressed you so far? Um, well, I, th- I think I think in general th- things have gone pretty well. To be, I think Perry's been um, uh, been quite positive. I, li- I like the straight runners I mentioned before. 
I think both of the two new central defenders have, have been really good. They both look solid. They both have an idea about systems. I particularly like the way that um, Feeney likes to come forward on the ball. Uh, Flanagan also likes to do that. And Perry looks like he... Uh, um, uh, and you know all of the centre-halves, with the exception of Dunkley, look like they can do it as well. So we look like we've injected a bit of football into our um, you know, into our thinking. So that, that's all good. Uh, I think all of them have... Uh, I would just... Sorry, Dan. I would just remind you, Tuesday night, Shay Dunkley was doing step-overs in the Burton box. Um, he was. So yeah. he's, he's got game, that boy. You, you keep your eye on him. He's got something going on there. And I say what, he, he backed himself as well, didn't he? They weren't step-overs for fun. He was backing himself to get through another shot He there. was going through, yeah, absolutely. Yep. But with Anderson and Feeney and Flanagan, we look to me to have uh, have got solidity and a degree of, of, you know, certainly Feeney can take the ball 20 yards forward. You know, he, he doesn't mind. Would I want Feeney or Pennington 30 yards from the opposition's goal with the ball at their feet? There's no debate, gents. There's no debate. Pennington has a role. Pennington was a good defender, but he's like a cat in the headlights when he gets that close, close to the opposition goal with the ball at his feet. So I, I liked all of that. Um, Kenner's, much like Mike, not sure. I can see why it could work, and it may do, but I, I'll need more time on that one. Um, now, this might be heretical, right? and this might get me shot and never invited back, but I think Dan O'Doe's done all right, but he's had a lot of game time over the last month. And he's not really got near scoring a goal. Um, now, it may come, but I I, I don't know. I, I think Udo will really be looking forward to that first goal. And he needs it because he's putting a lot of effort in. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not I'm not quite sure he's where he'd want to be. I, mean, I don't know what you guys make of that. I don't, I don't think he's being... I, I think he looks stronger. He certainly looks like he's, he's worked on his strength and he's bulked out. His hold-up plays better. I don't think he's been helped out by his strike partner a huge amount. There's been times when he has been stood square and open and he gets ignored. You can tell Bowman's absolutely desperate for a goal. And then those two are not playing as a partnership at all. Um, no, I wonder absolutely no relationship that. there at all. Yeah, um, maybe. I almost go as far as it seems that they actually actively don't like each other because yeah, they, mad, do, they don't want to set each other up. Um, yeah. And they just, they just seem to basically just almost when we're attacking, we're like two halves. Yeah, You've got the Shipley Bowman. Um, and, and Davis attacking part of the pitch, and on the other side you've got you've got Udo, Winchester, and Perry, and it's almost like a competition between two sides. Not I'm not talking about the midfielders don't do this, but between the strikers, they seem yeah. to be they don't seem to be working together. There was no link at play at all um, at Stevenage at all, um, and yeah, that that area needs to improve. Um, I'd like to see Mata and Bo, um, and Udo, but yeah, Dan, what's your thoughts? I'll be, yeah, I'll be provocative on this one then. Um, on Tuesday, I thought what we did do really well was use our throw-ins. Uh, yeah. attacking throw-ins. Well, you our throw-ins were awful before, and they were yeah. have improved. <laughs> but 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 you had Udo and Bayliss, and it would you know there'd be set loops, and Udo would get the ball, and then he'd spin and drive towards goal. I never thought he was going to score, but I totally I totally get what he was doing, and it was a logical thing for him to do. That aside, I ain't got a clue what Udo was going Udo was going to do next. All right now with Bowman. I mean, I'm not saying Bowman's going to score 25 league goals, but forget the knocking it up. So he knocking it up to him and expecting him to hold it up. That's that's not his game. But I do think working him into the play a bit more, and we did on Tuesday night, might well be easier for someone like Matter to play with than with Udo, who likes to get the ball and basically run straight. Now I, I can't see the partnership being Bowman and Matter. If I'm being honest, I think we, none of us can. But I, I think we we need to get Udo linked rather more in with the team. It's not just a Bowman issue. It, it, it's an Ado issue as well. It's a bit of a first world problem because I, I, th- I think ultimately the, the team has got a shape and a structure. And I've got a feeling, you know, Bowman could have scored quite late on on Tuesday and he had a great chance and the, and the guy dived across and blocked it from six yards. I mean, that could have fallen to Ado as well. Um, but the fact it fell to Bowman made me think, oh, maybe he's in the right place. Whereas Ado's not someone I think is going to score many goals from six yards out. Again, it may be heretical. I may be persona non grata. I, I, I don't think I've seen Nudo close enough to the goal with the ball. I, think. I don't think exactly. he's had any chances created for him. He's, he's working his arse off running around outside the box and putting himself into channels and taking throw-ins and delivering the ball. But he's got to be the guy in the box, I think, because we're far better off when he's in, when he's in the goal frame, you know, trying to score the goals. So I don't really know what type of striker matter is, whether he can work in a partnership with a guy who wants to score the goals. So that that's the, that's the 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 big piece of the puzzle that Taylor's got to get right is the the sort of the attacking unit in the strikers, <clears throat> which works best and and who's going to do what because um yeah they're, they they look they never met before on on Tuesday night for most of it. Yeah, and I think our attacking players developing, isn't it? If you look at the, the stats, I was quickly looking then, both Bowman and Adoro are only averaging two shots each a game, which isn't very many, is it, to be honest? 
Um, so I don't think it like Ado had a, a decent effort from range against Burn. Um, can't really remember much in the other games, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think oh, Bowman's got to pack it in with that outside of the boot finish that he's trying to perfect. <laughs> you ain't Paul Merson, that's the line. Oh, mate, honestly, and it, it's not even close. It's about five or six foot wide of the right-hand post every time. So, yeah, if he hits it with the inside of his boot, you might get a bit more out of it. You know? But, um, yeah, there you go. I think that's a fair point on it. It is evolving. And the, the thing is that those two need to evolve with it. Otherwise, the, you know, one of them is going to be dropped. It's pretty clear. Yeah. And I think if one of the, one of our strikers is starting every game, I think we're going to be, in, we are, will get in trouble. We are not going to be, have that good a season this season. I think there are limits, limitations, um, which brings on to, so who do we need to sign? Um, so Mike, you know, I think at least one striker, maybe two strikers are in need. Cause we, when we dusted the last podcast, we didn't expect O'Brien to go out. No, there was there was big talk about him being being fit and ready to go. So that's kind of for another. Yeah, he came back ready, raring to go, and we sent him on loan yeah. to Sutton United yeah. in League Two. I say ready and raring to go to Sutton. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, clearly he's not played the last couple of games for them. I don't think either, fellas. By the way, he's also got a bad attitude, isn't he? Um, and a lot of money in the bank. Um, but I th- I, yeah, I think clearly two, at least two strikers, just to keep the competition up. Um, I'd like to see a specialist left wing back. I know we brought Benning in, but I don't think he's the one. I think that'll free us up with, with Shipley. Um, and yeah, possibly a right wing back as well, I'd have thought. Those areas that we seem to be square pegs in round holes, I'd like to see those filled with with, with some more specialists. But um, I don't think we're going to sign four players. I don't think we've got that in, in the bank. I don't think we've got that in the books. So if we're going to, if we're going to strengthen anywhere, I'd like to see those striker areas strengthen because that's, that's the, clearly the weakest bit. We can make do with the rest. Um, I don't know what you think, Dan. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I, I bet you there are 90 teams out of 92 in the Football League who are wanting to recruit strikers. Um, you know, it, it yeah, is, and we want and we want two, yeah, and we want, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think being realistic, um, you know, we, we might get a young striker from a Premier League club who's who's got no experience. I mean, that that's possible in the loan market. Um, I wouldn't be holding out you know, holding my breath too much there. If we've got three strikers who look like they can contribute something in League One, and let's 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 assume yeah. Bowman is in that, then then to be honest, like and we got Watts, who did who did buzz quite nicely at Leeds, mm. then I, I think you know that, that wouldn't be the end of the world. But I mean it goes without saying if somebody with a bit of championship experience comes on the market for whatever, then wouldn't it be great if we could get them? But I I can't see. Can you tell me James Collins isn't coming back? It's the whole Collo thing died out now. Yeah, I wasn't he seen that was guaranteed at, yeah. at one point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was all done and dusted as well. No, okay. I suspect it's not. Um, the fullbacks. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't think anything's moving on the left now. We got Benning. I, I can't see another one coming in there. Um, the right wing back, particularly given that we're 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 man down on that side, um, maybe a more interesting one. But again, I, I do think Straha looked like he had an idea there when he played for that 20 minutes against Leeds and that, that doesn't solve the problem but I wouldn't mind having a look at him uh, providing he's not got some injury that we've, we've not been told about so um, Bennett Straha Winchester I mean that's, that's three players who I, I'd like to like to think could could play some game time this season uh, but that to me the issue with recruitment is we could we could have a long list of things we'd like you know and and you know be entertaining to make it in many ways but you've got to see what's ultimately available, right? And that's where the little black books come into it. That's where Matt Taylor's contacts, his networks, um, will, will, will hopefully be able to come up with something. I mean, I think we've got a lot of players. I'm, I'm not really a great advocate of bringing in someone, you know, to, to, to not play them. I, I we've done that a lot. And I don't think that, that makes much sense. So if we're going to bring in more loanees, or particularly if we're going to pay money for people, then I, I want to know that they're better than what we've got. And I, I don't think Benning quite fits that bill. Um, and so I'm not sure I want a Benning on the right either. Um, having said that, I'm perfectly happy to come back in 10 days' time and we've won two games. Ado's got that trick and, and Benning's proven he's Roberto Carlos. You know, it's all possible. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I suspect that the new players we get will be unknown, untested, maybe brilliant, but maybe not. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a James Collins, you know, experienced pros. Obviously, if we're going to try and get Collins, there must be some money left in the tank to, to get some to get something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised then if we try and get a young starlet, you know, a Tyrese Campbell type young player from a Premier League Academy or something like that and give him a chance, you know, like I we did last ask year. About Ryan, it was the lad from Morecambe, Stock, Stockton. Yeah, he went to he went to Burn, didn't he? Yeah, he got injured. Is so he, he couldn't oh. play. That was my next question. Why didn't he play on Tuesday? Okay. 
because he was the type of character at the start of the season. I thought, well, you know, Stockton's just one example, but, you know, reasonably proven track record. He'd made it known he was unhappy at Morecambe about a million years ago. But at the same time, that I think that type of character's gone. You know, the, the type who's got 20 goals a season once and will come to us. I, I think, you know, I'd be quite surprised if a James Collins-esque figure or a Stockton figure did appear, but I know nothing. On the striker point, um, Udo looked absolutely knackered on Tuesday night after about 65 minutes. And he's obviously coming back from that injury and getting used to first-team football again. So I think, like Ollie was saying, you know, the idea that, um, that, that particularly Udo, but even Bowman can play game after game after game, you know, they, we clearly need recruits in there, the type it is. But yeah, Udo's got to be sort of nursed back as well. We don't want a George Nurse situation where we overplay him and we, and we re-injure him as well. So it, it, there's a lot of sort of moving parts they've got to get right. And, yeah. and the recruitment's only one of it, I think. Um, you know what, Mike? He went down yeah. after about an hour at um, Stevenage. Yeah. And I, I, I think a few people around us, Ollie, were holding their breath. Oh, my God, get up. You know, Every time he does want... anything, I'm holding my breath. I thought, oh, yeah. hell, Dan, just yeah, take it easy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the financial situation is like. I don't know if anyone's got any inside tracks. Is there money in the bank for a big signing or a big wage, one more big wage to put on the books? I, I, I don't feel like there probably would be. I don't know, because I, I, I do the football manager data taken over from Glenn, um, I was trying to estimate how much money we're spending to try and figure out how what kind of players we're on. And I, were, I was a bit short. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of these players that we signed are on like less than a grand a week, some of these project players. Um, and obviously, you know, that does will give you some, some license to spend some money. So I still think there's some money in the tank. I still think that, you know, that James Collins rumour was not just came from came from a Shrewsbury sphere, it was also kind of commented on from a Derby sphere as well. Um, so there must be something in that. So, yeah, you never know. We can maybe get a Grant Holt-esque um, last-minute hero come back. Um, uh, that would be it's like Brian Wally, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, I, that Derby, I never truly believed with the Collins one, but at the same time, if he was going to come, they were going to have to bring in somebody else and that somebody else was going to come from somewhere else and, and there's going to have to be loads of bits that fit together, just like buying a house. You're sort of in a chain. Um, and... I guess things do happen quite quickly as, as the, the the transfer window. It always slams shut, by the way, folks. It never closes. The window always slams shut. So but before that that moment happens, I guess there will be some rapid changes. But my instinct is don't hold your breath. Are you hoping to basically, if you have you have no expectations at all, you'll be happy? I, I guess it's sort of that way. And if we get two new players in, I'll be overjoyed and surprised and it'll be great. I think um, we need me to sign at least two. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we get some good players. And yeah, if they're unknowns, um, yeah, hopefully they, they perform well. But if we didn't, there's a question I have for you guys. We, we, the, the squad that we've got now, I think, is uh, or has enough going for it for us to go into the season with a modicum of confidence. Would you still be in the same position as me there? Or, or do you think we ultimately will sink a bit? Mike's shaking his head. Mike, Mike's not. I, I, think, need, I, think I need some room. of what you've had for tea, Dan. You're very, you're very positive. You're a chipper mm. chap, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I tried for Button and then Ollie. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm not more convinced than I was before that there's too many risks in the squad. And there's too many sort of unknowns, um, which is why I'm keen for us to sign at least four or five players. But it's not going to happen. But, I wouldn't yeah. say four or five. <laughs> I would say if you look at the squad, you've got Morosi in goal, very good goalkeeper. We've talked about the good centre halves. Like wing backs do a decent job. Um, with a couple of decent midfielders. Um, but for me, my main concern is strikers and maybe the extra midfielder. Maybe the extra sitter or box box midfielder Dan that can kind of add some energy in central field, um, and going into a season with with um, well matter. Hopefully you'll get a, a, a visa. Three strikers when you play two is not enough, um, so we need at least another one there. So I think two players on top of what we have. Um, unless you disagree with that, Mike. No, I've got a quick game for you. How many games till Matt Matter get to Max Matter get to game? When's he actually going to play for us? What's the what's the predictions? I'm going to follow that line from what you said before about I, I've had something in my tea. He's going to play on Saturday, Mike. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe that. Um, home office. Seriously, I'm being serious. God knows. They can take as long or as little as they want. So it's, it's a really um, you know, high-risk game in that sense. Um, is there not we... like a, a fast-track route for footballers? Is there, is, do they not have their own special, special department working on football transfer? Because every other club seems to sign overseas players and they play the week after. Why are we stuck in this sort of limbo? God knows. Did we? Yeah. Have we? Have we done it right? Have we messed up? Like you know, when you when you do your passport application and you fill the wrong box in, you wouldn't put it past us, would you? You really wouldn't. No. I, I think that the, the club will. I think it'll, it'll just appear, as you say, though, and and suddenly is available. I don't think there's going to be a running commentary, and quite frankly, I think they're right not to give a running commentary because it'll just drive people like us mad. Um, 
but I, I think it'll be. I, I think it will be relatively soon. I think there is a special deal or a special route for for, for professional sports people. It's not like you know you're, you're applying for a Schengen visa if you're a non UK citizen or something. When there's you know there's no incentive to do that quickly. So um, so yeah, fingers crossed it is sooner rather than later. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Only that the next two games that we've got Lincoln at home and Fleetwood away are on paper, not the worst possible fixtures that we could have. Now, I'm conscious that I may be just, you know, the crack cocaine may be kicking in and I may be going way too far with this, but it isn't implausible that we could have two positive results from those games. And where would that leave us, folks? That's that's all I want. I did rhetorical question. And after that, after that, we've got Carlisle away. Oh, is that the next um, game after that? Oh, yeah. Um, and then and then we then we play Bolton Wanderers who are absolutely flying. Um, well, it's so obviously our biggest be... test is middle is, is in early September. Top the um, top Bolton, second Shrewsbury for the for the leadership of the of the division, right? <laughs> With Stevenage up there as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back on planet Earth. So thanks guys for joining me um, on the podcast this evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. So thanks for joining. Good luck with the editing, Ollie. Get some sleep. Don't eat yeah. too many skittles. <laughs> you look like you need some sleep, mate. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're thanks very teach, much for that. You're going to have to teach one of us to edit podcasts at some point. Yeah, I do. You can't do it all yourself. Yeah. No, I do need. I do need to teach you a little tutorial how to how to do some editing. So yeah, <sighs> you can join me. But luckily, this one shouldn't be too bad. I don't think there's too much to edit. I'm just going to. I've noted a couple of things, and um, yeah, I try and change that. I was going to throw it out there. I think so. It'll be out pretty fast. Good Make man. Look good again. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for okay, listening. Thanks, and we'll be back again soon. All right. Cheers, mate. Oh!